Hi, I'm Sarah Nicholas, host of The Story of Cooking, and today we are at Grand Central Oyster Bar located in Grand Central Terminal in New York City. This restaurant has been here since 1913 and has been serving up the best of the best of the oysters. We're going to go inside and we're going to meet the executive chef, Sandy Ingber, and he's going to walk us through his signature dishes, including the oyster pan roast. And then we're going to go to the bar and try some fried oysters, and we may even try some raw oysters too. Then I'm going to head back to the kitchen and I'm going to cook up my own version of the oyster pan roast. So come inside and let's eat some oysters. Hi and welcome to the story of cooking. I'm Sarah Nicholas. with Chef Sandy Ingbar from Grand Central Oyster Bar. Chef, how are you doing today? I'm really good. Thank you for having us. And we're going to taste some delicious specialties from the Grand Central Oyster Bar. And the first up is? This is our Grand Central Oyster Platter. It is eight oysters, four varieties, two from the East Coast, two from the West Coast. Today we have Chincoteague from Virginia, Putty Hunk from Massachusetts, Stellar Bay from British Columbia, and Totem Point from Washington State. And we designed this platter so people who really don't know oysters right. can just say, gee, here's a selection uh -huh. and I can try them from East Coast, West Coast. Right. It's easy for the waiters to move these. Okay, so let's pretend I don't know anything about oysters, which I do because I love oysters, but if I don't even know how to eat an oyster, tell me what to do, walk me through it. First thing is for me is I always eat the first oyster naked. Okay. So that I really want to have the flavor and start with the milder oysters. So like okay. start with this one right here. And this That's one is? That's a Stellar Bay from British Columbia. And you scrape it's, it? Yeah, yeah. And you can slurp it right down. You have a little bit of brine and kind of sweet. Yeah. I taste it's, it's brinier than I thought it would be. Yeah, so, the more farther north on the west coast, the okay. brinier. This one should be a little bit milder. Yeah, that's, that what is, I, that's what I'm going to ask. So, west coast versus east coast. The battle of the oysters. Like, what's the difference? <laughs> usually, the, the, the farther north, in general, they're more briny, yeah. more salt content. Okay, so whereas okay. in Virginia and Maryland, the oysters, and even Long Island, the blue points, are very mild and sweet. As you begin to go up the coast, they do get more brining. Okay. Try this All one right. now. 
And this one is this again? This one is totem point from Washington State. So you just scoop it out, loosen it up, and then you pour it in your mouth? You can slide it right down. I personally like to chew them, just so you get the real flavor profile. Don't you say, I read an article about you chew two or three times? Don't slurp and swallow? There you go. Nope. Oysters are water, are water filters. So over 50 gallons of water go through each oyster every day. Oh, wow. Okay. And the flavor of the oyster really depends upon the waters, what the food is, the currents, mm -hmm. and nutrients. So most of the West Coast oysters are fairly similar in flavor, whereas the East Coast, they're all very different. Right, right, right. And, uh, cool. and so because of that, I don't like to load up my menu with too many West Coasts. It's about one-third West Coast, two-third East Coast. And how do you get your oysters? Like, where do you, where do you source them from? 90% uh, of my oysters are sourced directly from the farm. Okay, excellent. Whereas the fish is about 90%. I buy a Fulton fish market every day. Oh, really? What time do you have to different. get there? I get there about 2.30 in the morning. Are you serious? Every day? Yeah, every day. Wow. So, if you're getting the fresh stuff here at Grand Central Oyster Bar, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, very good. So, now once you've tasted them, they can, anything goes. You can continue that way, you can squeeze a little lemon. This is a mignonette, which is vinegar sauce with, with shallots, cocktail sauce. We serve horseradish, Cholula, and Tabasco hot sauce. That's what I was going to say, in the South we eat it with hot sauce. Yeah, I mean, hot everybody's hot different. Mm -hmm. So you can, there's no right way or wrong way. And that's kind of why oysters are fun. The oysters are sexy. People yeah. love them, they're so popular uh -huh. now. You just can't keep them in the house. That's good. It's good for you. All right. Now you try to the, try the chicken tea. From my homeland. There you go. Since Virginia is my hometown, these oysters are my favorite. Should I put any? I wouldn't. Okay. I don't know if I can do this. You might not, might want to look away. <laughs> you might get up. Separated from the Chesapeake Bay by a long peninsula and sheltered from the ocean by only the lip of the Assateague Island National Seashore, Chincoteague Bay is not fed by any significant sources of fresh water. I prefer that one over the other two, for sure. And if you want, you could try this one. This is Cuddyhunk. To my knowledge, Cuddyhunks are the only Virginica or Eastern oysters being raised in lantern nets. The flavor is mild sea, all light and sparkle, and the brine is intense. Oysters from its waters pack the full salt wallop from the Atlantic. For this season, and because of its easy access, Chincoteague was a popular spot for relaying golf oysters on their way to the northern markets. So how many different types of oysters do you serve? Do you, it just depends on what's It depends going on. upon the, the time of year. Right. So right now is kind of our slower time, so we run 20 to 22 different. And during our busy season, which is between Thanksgiving and New Year's, uh -huh. We will run from 25 to 30. Yeah. Is that, it true that oysters are in season only when there's the letter R in the month? Not anymore. Okay. <laughs> it's now a wives' tale. Oh, and that's okay. because right. of air freight. Okay? okay. And the reason the R month, you're not supposed to eat oysters in R month, is because they spawn. Okay. Okay. And that means they're making babies. Right, right, right. And it's not harmful to eat them, but they don't, they're not palatable. They don't really taste good. So it's not harmful. So there are so many oysters now available um, after the millennium. Mm -hmm. Before that, 
there were not very many oysters around. So when oysters started spawning, it just seemed like there weren't any oysters around. Yeah. And now, since then, everybody and his mom wanted to become an oyster farmer, and there's hundreds of oysters available, and they all spawn at different times. Yeah, and because of that, yeah, I can still have in the summertime mm -hmm. 20 different oysters available to me. Very nice, very nice. Chincoteague Salt was the classic name many people look for, and you still find in some places. True to its name, it's a very salty oyster, generally skinny and elongated. Also an exceptionally clean one for the mid-Atlantic, as you'd expect from national seashore setting. Um, so what's your most popular dish? Like, just an oyster platter? This one, yeah, this one I'll sell between 50 and 100 almost every day. So, of the oysters, our most popular is the Blue Point. The Blue Point. And that's because it's name recognition and it's local. It comes from Long Island Sound. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay, and everybody knows the word Blue Point. Yes. So, um, not just here, everywhere. Yeah. Our other most popular oysters are Bolan oysters. They're called European Flats, they're grown in Maine. They're, they're absolutely fantastic. And the Kumamoto, mm -hmm. which is a small, right. petite oyster, very creamy and sweet. They come from, the ones we have today are from Oregon. Okay. And um, once again, it's name recognition. People know the name Balan, they know the name Kumamoto, they know the name Wellfleet. Sure. And those are really the most popular ones. Well, these oysters are incredible, incredibly fresh, obviously. Um, so, what's next, Chef? Well, wait till you try our oyster pan roast. We're really world famous for that. It's one of the original dishes in the restaurant from pan roast. We're world famous for it. Yes. We're made in these small little individual steam pots uh, called marmites and it is first we pan roast the oysters with butter and we add clam juice, paprika, a little bit of sweet chili sauce. Continue to pan roast it. Just before they're done we add um, half and half. And as it begins to come to a boil, we take the oysters out, put them into a bowl with a piece of toast, and then pour off the broth just as it begins to bubble before it boils, okay. so it doesn't break. All right, so how should I taste this? Just, just go like for it. There's oysters floating in there. What kind of oysters? These are uh, oysters from the Chesapeake Bay. Is it going to burn me? <laughs> Deadly, right? Yeah. That's awesome. So this is one of our original dishes. Mm. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, even Emerald loves this dish. I think I read that somewhere. There's okay. a lot of articles that are actually written about how this is like the best pan roast in the world. <laughs> yeah, people have been coming here. Like one of the big stories That's is so uh, like a grandfather 
who worked in the station in the area to come here and bring his grandchild or child, uh -huh. come here for a pan roast and for lunch, and then they continue the tradition over and over and over. Yeah. All right, Sandy, this is delicious. Let's go over to the oyster bar and talk a little more history and maybe try out some fried dishes. Oh, that sounds good. Let's go. Okay. Enjoy some fried dishes. What do we have here? Today we have fried oysters and fried Ipswich clams, the whole belly clams. Okay. They're very sweet and tender. Okay. I'm gonna dig in. Oh. So there's the oyster. Help yourself. <laughs> I can't fit that whole thing in my mouth. Mm. And those are uh, Maryland oysters. And these come from. Um, Ipswich, Massachusetts. Okay. I was going to say, being a southern girl, my favorite is fried anything, so fried oysters are probably my favorite. However, that pan is kind of up there, too. <laughs> so let's talk a little history about the Grand Central Oyster Bar. You've been here for 26 years, so obviously you know everything there is to know about the Grand Central Oyster Bar, I assume. Most everything. Yeah. Yeah, well, like I said before, we opened in 1913. And um, it was a continental restaurant. It went through the years. We had through the 20s and 30s. We had lots of actors and actresses and starlets come here. Diamond Jim Brady was very famous. You come in and eat five, six, ten dozen oysters at a time. Mm -hmm. And um, throughout the years, it was always a very popular place. It also was very different. They like in the we have a picture in the 40s that these counters went all the way into the saloon and there was no wall there. Hmm. The people ate differently back then. They ate more communal right. than they do with um, small tables. Gotcha. So um, they come in the 70s, things run way downhill. And Mr. Brody bought this place, Grum Brody. He was uh, started Restaurant Associates, a very famous man. Right, and um, he had this vision to build this place into a world-famous seafood restaurant. Thank you so much, Chef. It's been a pleasure. Everything's been delicious. So nice meeting you. You're a pleasure to talk with. And hopefully I will, I will definitely come back and enjoy um, some more oysters. And now I'm headed back to the kitchen to cook up my own version. Definitely not as good as the Grand Central version, but my own southern version of the oyster pan roast. Wonderful. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. The authentic recipes for all of our products are signature to La Morena. The chilies are literally hand-picked for each can. Everything is manufactured in Mexico and imported into the U.S. La Morena is best known for its quality and authentic flavor, giving our users a taste of home. Stock up on flavor with La Morena. So we just got back from a great day with Sandy at the Grand Central Oyster Bar. He runs a tremendous operation there. We got to taste some delicious oysters. 
all different ways. Today I'm going to make for you my own version of the oyster pan roast. We're going to pair it with some delicious red wine. It's a blend of Derif, Shiraz, Grenache, and Sauvignon Blanc. And then we also have the white choice, which is a Chardonnay. And it's just good with, good with seafood, obviously, but you can also pair seafood with red wine as well. So we have two options for you. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm actually going to make the mushroom portion of my oyster pan roast. And I have a variety of mushrooms. You really can use any kind of mushrooms you want. I have today shiitake, trumpet, woodland, and a yellow oyster mushroom. But it's up to you, it's your, your preference. We're just gonna slice them. You can take off the, the bottoms if you want. Just slice them, you can make them big. I like them big. So there's many types of mushrooms. And there's a lot of people that go out and pick their own fresh mushrooms. You obviously want to be careful about that because the wrong mushroom could kill you. So if you want to stay safe and go with the button mushrooms or the portobello mushrooms, that's perfectly fine. Tastes just as delicious in this dish. I just like a mixture of mushrooms. Because they all have a different taste to them. So These are our yellow oyster mushrooms. them up. What else? Let's add some more of these shiitakes. So now we're going to quickly dress the mushrooms very simply with some olive oil. Just a little drizzle, some salt, and some thyme. Alright, just toss those together. Your hands get them coated. Swimming in a little olive oil bath, maybe a little more. And you're gonna throw them in a 425 degree oven. And they don't take any longer than about 10 minutes or so, maybe 15 minutes. You wanna flip them halfway through, but you want them to get a little brown and slightly crispy. And then those are gonna go into our oyster pan roast at the very end. So we're gonna get this bacon crisping up in this pan over here. Just need to slice it. is more difficult once it's come to room temperature. <laughs> you might not need all of this bacon. I'll just do maybe half. Okay. Eh, I'll do a little more. I like bacon. Okay. We just want that to crisp up. There's nothing quite like the taste of some crispy bacon. You want to render out all of that fat. Of course, another great pairing, well, bacon pairs well with anything, right? But our bacon and mushrooms work really well together. It shouldn't take too long. There's so many different types of bacon, too. You can use whatever type you like. Um, different cuts of bacon, thick cut bacon, applewood smoked bacon. They have maple bacon in the grocery store, pepper bacon. It's all good bacon. So whatever bacon you like, you use it. All right, so the bacon looks like it's nice and crispy. The next thing we're going to add is our shallot. Minced shallot and some garlic. Use that bacon grease. 
instead of the, instead of adding like olive oil or butter, the bacon has obviously a lot of flavor, so we're gonna infuse it throughout. And you just want that to go just for maybe a minute. You don't want the, the garlic to burn. That looks good, nice and crispy bacon, fragrant garlic and shallots. So the next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna get the rest of our ingredients, including our oysters, of course. I'm gonna clean up, and when we come back, we're gonna throw everything in there. All right, so we have the rest of our ingredients. It's very simple from here on out, unless you have to shuck your own oysters, which I did not. You can buy them shucked, you can shuck them yourself. Um, you can use any type of oyster that you like. The important thing to remember is, even if you buy them already shucked, you want to strain them and make sure they don't have any shells in them and you want to save the liquid that comes off of them because that's also going to go into the pan first. So just make sure you do those two things. So let's go ahead and let's add our oysters. And our oyster juice, I call it oyster liquor. We also have some cognac. You can use cherry, cognac. You can use white wines, good as well. Whatever you like. Little dash of Worcestershire sauce. And of course, some heavy cream. All right. You're just gonna mix that together. And we're gonna let it cook down until the cream thickens. Might as well go ahead and add our paprika, smoked paprika. And a little less salt and pepper. Now we'll let it cook down until it mixes. Gets thick. And there's so many different types of oysters you can use as well. Um, Sandy told us this morning about you know how East Coast oysters are different than West Coast oysters. East Coast oysters tend to be a little brinier, tastes more like the ocean, and then West Coast oysters tend to be a little sweeter. So you also want to be mindful of that too, because again, remember you're adding that that extra liquid from the oysters to your oyster pan roast. So. If you don't want a lot of brininess and you use East Coast oysters, maybe you don't want to add the, the extra juice from the oysters. Again, we're just looking for it to thicken a little bit. Because really, I mean, you could, you could honestly eat it like this. It's you know perfectly cooked. Those oysters cooked really, really fast. Um, but I just like it a little thicker and you know, I serve it with bread or serve it, I've actually served it over rice, make it thicker and serve it over rice. Um, this is really similar to a dish that my mom makes at Thanksgiving. We always eat oysters for holidays in, in Virginia, where I'm from. Um, fried oysters, oyster pan roast, oyster stews. Um, but at Thanksgiving we make, similar to this, it's an oyster pan roast, and we put it over wild rice. It's, it's so delicious. So this is almost done. We have one more thing to add. Remember we roasted those mushrooms at the first of the episode, so we are going to throw those in now. You see how they kind of got a little brown and a little crispy? I like a little bite on the mushrooms, so that's why I wait to add them, because I don't want them cooking and um, softening up in the pan roast. I just think they taste better this way. That's it. Plate it up. And again, you can eat it like this, <laughs> plain. Um, I like to eat it with a piece of bread, just dunk it in the juices. Um, you can do it like my mama does, and she puts it over rice, however you want to do it. We also have two delicious options for wines to pair it with. Again, people always think they have to do white. You don't. You can do red. We have the red blend and then we have the crisp Chardonnay. You can go either way with it. Let's taste this.
Mm. It is so good. You can taste that cognac flavor. You got a lot going on here, but they all go so well together. And the cream mm, just makes it even better. You can taste the smoky bacon, the shallots, the garlic, the meaty mushrooms, and then of course the oysters. And the cognac, you can taste the cognac as well. It's delicious. Thank you for joining me on the story of cooking. I'm Sarah Nicholas, and just remember, behind every story is a great recipe.